Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 The U.S. Senate passed a bill to raise the government's borrowing limit late Thursday night, June 1st, sending it to President Biden's desk with just days to spare before the government was set to run out of money to pay its obligations on June 5th. The bill, which implements the deal struck by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and, Sp and President Biden to raise the debt ceiling and cut spending, passed in a 63-36 to 36 vote. Four Democrats, 31 Republicans, and one Independent. House lawmakers sent the bill to the Senate on Wednesday in a bipartisan 314 to 117 vote after weeks of intense negotiations between McCarthy and Biden. The Senate's inability to pass its own bill made it a bystander in those talks and gave senators no realistic option other than approving the deal. The bipartisan deal suspends the debt limit with no cap through January 1, 2025, cuts non-defense spending to near fiscal 2022 levels, caps spending increases at 1% the following year, and sets non-mandatory caps for the four years after. It also claws back some money aimed at the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, and some unspent COVID-19 pandemic funds. Defense spending would rise by about 3% in the first year of the deal, below the rate of inflation. That drew complaints from several Republican senators who warned on the floor that the deal would harm U.S. national security. Just like the House vote, defectors from both parties were expected in the Senate. Progressive lawmakers have argued that the spending cuts in the bill go too far, while conservatives complained they did not go far enough. Number 2 The victim of the infamous Sparrow bombing in Jerusalem back in 2001, who remained in a coma for 22 years, passed away on Wednesday, May 31st, making her the third U.S. national to die as a result of the attack. Hannah Nachenberg was 31 years old when a Palestinian suicide bomber targeted a Sparrow pizzeria and injured over 100 people on August 9, 2001. Hannah was born in New York but held dual citizenship and she became the 16th victim killed by the attack, including seven children. Mrs. Nachenberg was in the pizzeria with her three-year-old daughter, Sarah, who escaped physically unharmed from the attack. The U.S. is still seeking the extradition of a Palestinian woman in Jordan, convicted as an accomplice in the 2001 suicide bombing. Two American citizens were among the victims, including 15-year-old Malki Roth, whose parents have waged a campaign to get the terrorist Alam Aref Ahmad al-Tamimi extradited to the U.S. The Roths have repeatedly called on U.S. authorities to press Jordan, which has received billions of dollars in American assistance, to turn over Tamimi for trial. Tamimi, who chose the target and guided the bomber there, was arrested weeks after the bombing and sentenced by Israel to 16 life sentences with a judge's order that she never be released. Unfortunately, Tamimi was released from Israeli prison in October 2011 in exchange for the release of Israeli soldier Gilad Shalit, captured by Hamas in 2005 and held hostage in Gaza. Since her release to Jordan, she has expressed no remorse and has boasted that she was pleased with the high death toll. Palestinian terror group Hamas took responsibility for the attack. Tamimi, a Jordanian national, received a hero's welcome at Queen Alia International Airport in Amman upon her arrival and subsequently became a popular television broadcaster and public speaker boasting of her role in the Sparrow attack. 
The U.S. has charged Alam Tamimi with conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction against American nationals. The charge was filed under seal in 2013 and announced by the Justice Department four years later. Her name was added to the FBI's list of most wanted terrorists. The U.S. and Jordan signed an extradition treaty in 1995, but in 2017, Jordan's high court blocked her extradition, reportedly claiming the treaty was never ratified. Last year, Interpol dropped an international warrant for Tamimi. Number 3 The White House on Thursday, June 1st, imposed economic and visa sanctions against the warring parties in Sudan over repeatedly breaking the ceasefire brokered by the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and continuing, quote, senseless violence. The scope and scale of the bloodshed in Khartoum and Darfur, in particular, is appalling, the White House statement stresses. We are following through by levying economic sanctions, imposing visa restrictions against actors who are per perpetuating the violence, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said, according to an official statement. He referred to an ongoing fighting between the Sudanese armed forces and paramilitary rapid support forces as a, quote, strategy that, quote, must end. Earlier on Wednesday, May 31st, the Sudanese army withdrew from the ceasefire talks after the truce had been extended earlier in the week. Quote, despite a ceasefire agreement, senseless violence has continued across the country, hindering the delivery of humanitarian assistance and hurting those who need it most. The scope and scale of the bloodshed in Khartoum and Darfur in particular is appalling, Sullivan stressed. The statement noted that the sanctions are being enacted under the authority ordered by President Joe Biden on May 4th. The failure of the warring sides to, quote, abide by the ceasefire only further deepens our concern that the people of Sudan will once again face a protracted conflict and widespread suffering at the hands of the security forces, Sullivan underlined. Thanks for tuning in to the top three segments live on Hako Radio and have a great day.